Hi everyone, welcome to Life Guts, a podcast to help you overcome burnout and monotony and find real joy and life fulfillment. I'm Sienna. I'm a graduate student studying counseling psychology and an Akashic Records reader. I went from being uninspired by life and living on autopilot to uncovering my authentic self and purpose. I really hope to help you do the same. I'm so excited you're here, so let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back. I've missed you as always, I have missed you. I feel like it's actually been a really long time since we've talked. I think the last few weeks, I've just been so busy with school and life that I have felt a little bit disconnected. But now I think I'm I'm turning a new page. I'm turning a page. I'm turning a new page. I'm turning over a new leaf. That's the expression. I actually don't even know if I'm using it in the right context. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I'm working through that. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with what this episode is about which is love after heartbreak. Uh, But before we get into it, let's do the rose and thorn of the past week. Um, My rose was I got to go to a bachelorette party for one of my oldest childhood friends. We have known each other since we've been like six. Um, Went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school, um, definitely like one of my closest, longest friends, like I said. Um, and it was just really great to celebrate her. It's my first, it's the first bachelorette party that I've been to. And like my first like friend that is getting married. I have one other friend who is engaged, but she hasn't really started the whole like wedding stuff. Um, yeah, super exciting. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's just so interesting that like I'm starting to be in that age, um, or be in that, like, developmental stage, um, and I personally feel like I'm really just getting started. I'm kind of, again, jumping ahead. Um, I'm just barely, I've been single for two years now. I'm just barely getting to the place where I feel ready to date. Um, but you know what? Time is a man-made construct. I'll get there when I get there. Um, it's so funny though. Okay. Oh God. I, I, it's okay. It's so funny because you read things in books about like, you know, there's always a book or a movie about the girl and her group of friends who's like the last one to get married and like all the emotions that she has with it. And I remember being younger, younger meaning like maybe probably even like a year or two ago or like six months ago. And thinking, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't think I would feel that way, you know, because I am somebody who has become very fiercely independent. Not to say that you can't be married and still be fiercely independent, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, But now I'm starting to get to the point where I could see that. It is also very interesting. A lot of interesting things are happening over here. Um, It is also really interesting to note that all of my friends that I have from Utah, which is where I went and did my undergrad and then lived there for a few years after. So I was there for like a total of almost eight years, I believe, altogether. Um, They are all in serious long-term relationships. 
I promise you they're all probably going to start getting engaged within like the next two years. So I'm mentally preparing myself for that. And then all of my friends from LA, meaning my friends that are here, the girl who had the bachelorette party, she's from here, but she's kind of grown up more in like in a Utah type of environment. Like she has lived in a small town in Oregon for the past like two years or so. So I think it's just a different mentality. And so my friends that I have that are currently here in California and have been here, you know, for their young adults <laughs> uh, stage, it's really, inter- I, I, I keep using the word stage because I'm actually taking a lifespan development class. I'm about to be done. Thank you. I will be, will be done by this week. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, very excited. I get a two-week break and then I have a summer semester. Yay! I'm just kidding. Everything, this is a blessing. Being in school is a blessing. I love it. Live, laugh, love. Um, but in that class, we're learning about like the different devel- de- developmental stages. There's a bunch of different ones such as like, you know, young adulthood, which is the stage I just left that ends at like 24. And then there is middle adulthood or actually wait I lied I'm in I am in young adulthood because that goes until you're like 34 I believe and then and then you're in middle adulthood until you're like in your 60s anyway thank you I always give you guys so much more information than you probably want or need um but I appreciate your patience so it's just really interesting to see that difference in those friends and so here in California none of my girlfriends have boyfriends. I'm trying to honestly really think if any, a single one of them has a boyfriend. I don't think they do. I really, I can't think of anybody who has a boyfriend here. And I think that's because the mentality here is a little bit different. I I honestly don't think people even really seriously think about starting to settle down until they're in their thirties. Um, and another side note, I was listening to this podcast by, um, almost 30. You should check them out if you're interested. They're like a spirituality. They're a light spirituality um, podcast, but they're really good. I really like them. They're talking about how they've been in LA for like eight, maybe 10 years, and now they're both moving. And in it, they talk about how LA really is this like place for dreamers and how here in LA, people tend to talk about like their dreams and their like art projects more than they talk about their actual work. And I personally do see that to be the case for a lot of people. And I, I do think that plays into why people are slower to settle down because they have these, you know, big lofty dreams that they're trying to make a reality here. And then I think, you know, by the time their 30s come, they realize, you know, the biological clock is ticking. Um, but yeah, that's been super interesting. I'm super excited for her. Her wedding is in a couple weeks and it's going to be beautiful so excited. Um, what about my thorn? I hate to keep bringing up school as my thorn because honestly, um, I know it's a blessing. It really is. And I know by the end of it, like I know I want to be a certified therapist. I do know that. It's just the getting there that is difficult. And it's really only been difficult this semester. My first semester was beautiful. Um, But yeah, it's just hard. And I just found out that we're not going back to school, like physical school in the fall. So that's definitely a bummer. I was kind of hoping that would bring some like vitality back into it. But yeah, I guess school, just like wrapping up school, 
would be my thorn. Um, I don't know. I do feel like I, I do feel that I am in this lull where I can sense that like my desires and my dreams are shifting, but they haven't found their next target. They're just in this transitional phase. You know, I think when I first started the podcast up until honestly, probably like a couple of weeks ago, maybe like maybe a month ago, I really wanted to be like a spiritual influencer, I guess, for lack of another word. Um, and I really wanted the podcast to like take off and be a main source of income or become the main source of income. And I can tell that it's shifting. Like I said, I don't necessarily know if I want to be in the influencer space. I have actually been following randomly this drama with um, David Dobrik. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if my audience, I don't know. I doubt that you guys listen to it or into that, but I've just been kind of keeping light tabs on some of like the influencer drama that's been happening the past couple months. And it just seems like not an industry I want to be a part of. And I'm hearing, I I know a couple of teachers or people who work with kids um, actually from my class. And they've said that kids these days, when you ask them like what they want to be when they grow up, they want to be influencers. And something about that just like really has a, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, that's not to say that influencers in general are bad. I just think there's this, and I'm going to do a whole episode on this, but I do think that there's this obsession with purpose equaling fame. And I think that's a very dangerous road for us to be on. And I don't know that I necessarily want to be a part of that. Um, I don't know. That may change. That may shift. I, like I said, I don't know what's coming in to replace that. I do definitely still love doing the podcast. I still want the podcast to be successful. And, you know, I've said before, like, I think I could see myself doing the podcast forever. I love it. I do. I really do love it. It's very therapeutic for me. And I love hearing about how you all connect with it. But I don't know. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, I know that I'm meant to share my heart and share my voice. I guess I just haven't really figured out the way that's all going to play out. And so I'm really just trying to lean into this idea that as long as I continue to follow my joy, I will find my purpose. So actually one affirmation I've been saying recently is... Um, by following my joy, I, I, I align with my purpose. I think that's what I've been saying. Something along those lines. It kind of changes every time. Um, and then another one I've been saying is that like my, by sharing my heart and sharing my voice, I'm doing my part in changing the world. Um, so I know I'm supposed to do something. I don't know if that means I'm supposed to become a writer and like physically write words. I don't know if I am con- supposed to continue um, you know, and leaning towards the content creation side. Um, I just went off on a huge tangent. 
But I guess this has kind of been what I've been working through, but I wouldn't necessarily consider all of these things my thorn. Um, my thorn has just been school. I don't know how I got here, but th again, thanks for your patience, everyone. Um, this is just, yeah, what I've been working through and trying to figure out. And I think the next episode, I'm going to do one on purpose and passion and um, how it's kind of gotten confused and... I think it's actually harming more people than helping, but um, we'll touch on that next week. Let me know if that sounds like something that resonates with you and something that you'd want to hear. And as always, as we get started with the episode, if you feel like you resonate with this message or you know people could really benefit from hearing this message, please, please, please pass it along to them. I really do think that people really do deserve to, you know, be the creators of their life. And I am here to help everybody that I can in their spiritual, personal um, development and would love to be a part of, you know, as many people's journeys as possible. So I really appreciate you guys passing the word along. And now we will just get into the episode. So I wanted to talk about love after heartbreak. This has been another thing that has really been, that I've been working through recently. Is that like a cliche phrase? It's something I'm working through. I mean, but it's true. It's like something that, I'm always working through something up here in this noggin of mine. I've always, I'm dedicated to evolving what? I'm dedicated to the growth, I guess. I don't know. Um, also, I think um, <laughs> I just have a lot of inner, inner dialogue um, that keeps me busy. But yeah, definitely been thinking about love after heartbreak. I'm pretty sure most of you guys know um, that I went through a pretty brutal breakup back in like, July, I think, of 2019. So... It will be two years come this July. Um, yeah. It sucks. It really, and I'm, like I said earlier, I'm just now barely feeling like I'm in a place where I am ready to date again. I think the desire has been sort of like trickling in, I'm going to say, honestly, for probably like the past five or six months. But for a while, I was resisting it, you know? Um, and then recently, I just stopped to think about, you know, like, what, why am I resisting it? Like, what's wrong about wanting partnership and wanting to be in a relationship? So I'm just allowing myself to want those things and to be open to those things. But it's a lot scarier <laughs> than I thought. And there's just... A lot that goes into it. I think we hear a lot about how to get over heartbreak, but we don't really talk about the dating process after that heartbreak. And so I think, and I think that can be hard for us, for a lot of us to navigate. Especially, I mean, there's so many things that I am worried about. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but you know what? That's okay. Uh, let's start back with the heartbreak. So I remember in the beginning when we first broke up, I was able to get through the heartbreak by choosing to be, by choosing denial and anger as my coping methods, which um, 
interestingly enough, are the first five stages of grief. What? Are the first two out of five stages of grief, which if you are going through a breakup, um, would definitely recommend looking up the stages of grief. Um, it was really helpful for me when I was first going through it to understand like why I was feeling the way I was. And there is a lot of grief in heartbreak and you are mourning, you know, the loss of the relationship. So I would definitely recommend checking that out. And then just for context, the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I definitely do think that I went through all five stages throughout the process of healing from this heartbreak. But for me, denial for a long time looked like me telling myself that I never really loved him, that I just like thought that I loved him or that, you know, I was living under an illusion or something. I don't know. Denial doesn't have to make sense, right? Um, Or that he never really loved me or that our relationship was never really real, that it was just like a waste of time, things like that. Just trying to diminish the five years that we spent together. And, you know, I would go back and forth from denial to anger and anger to me looked like he never cared about me. And he actively chose not to see me. He actively chose to misunderstand me, that he's selfish, that I hate him. I hate his family. That was anger. You guys know what it means. You know what it's like to be angry (laughs) after a breakup. And for a really long time, I bounced between the two of those because there's a quite a bit of safety in denial and anger because it doesn't ask you to feel the depth of your feelings. You can kind of mask it with anger, mask it with this sort of like, I don't care attitude. Um, it's like putting a bandaid on it, you know? And I think... When I was in that those that stage, I actively chose not to love again. I remember he, him and I tried to be friends for about a year after we broke up. Um, and we would like sometimes be like, should we try again? Should we not? Um, which was a theme of our, you know, entire relationship. But yeah, I remember him basically being like, well, I'm ready like I want to be with somebody and I'm ready to be with somebody if whether that's you or not you, you know. Um, and he, like there was like a couple girls that he told me that he was like interested in. I, I don't know. And I just remember when he would tell me that I was not, the only thing that I felt really was just like the this feeling of like I do not want to date. Like I, there is nothing in me that wants to get to know somebody else. (laughs) Like, no, no. It was like this full body, just no, no, no. And so I think I really closed myself off to it. I think there was a little bit of PTSD in there. Um, I mean, our breakup was really traumatic and there was a lot of things that went into it that definitely played a part. Um, I mean, also like we were just, like we had dated for so long and I had lost so much of myself in that relationship that I just knew I was like, I need to figure out who I am, what I want. And I need that to be the priority for a good while. Like, ah, no, 
I don't need, I don't need somebody up in here, up in the mix. And if I'm being really, really honest, I think during that time, I started telling myself that like, I will never love somebody like fully, like I will never allow myself to fully, fully love somebody to fully, fully love somebody again, which, um, you know, when you tell yourself something with that much gusto and you say it for long enough, and I, I mean, I was saying that for months, maybe honestly, probably at least for like a solid year and a half, I've, I had been saying that. And it, I mean, it takes a while for you to then reverse that story that you're telling yourself and reverse your beliefs. So once I made it to like the acceptance stage, which to me that meant recognizing like, look, I messed up too. I had a part in that. I was not perfect. You know, I have, you know, I made an episode a few weeks ago about a guilt that I'm still processing. But that doesn't mean, you know, that I have any regret necessarily for the situation. I mean, maybe I regret how it ended no, I don't know. I I think I've really ha- also have just accepted that it had to end the way that it did. I don't think him and I could have had an amicable breakup. Like, I just don't think we had it in us. I think we needed to hate each other in order to move on. Like the Selena Gomez song, I had to hate you to love me or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what needed to happen for us. <laughs> And I think once I was able to really come to terms with that and accept that, I think that's what made me realize like, oh, maybe now I am really ready for a relationship, like to experience love again. And that's all well and fine. That's fine. But what I realized was that I was saying like, yeah, I think I'm ready to date again. But anytime I said it or even thought it to myself inside my like chest and my whole body, I would tense up and just have this like physical reaction to the thought of dating again. And I realized like I had just gotten so used to the safety and comfort that comes with being closed off, that comes with not being available. It's cozy. It's cozy being off the market. You don't have to worry about like your feelings being hurt. You don't have to worry about rejection. You don't have to worry about vulnerability. That's not to say, you know, like during this time I have done like an immense amount of work on myself and that required, you know, vulnerability and introspection and a bunch of things too, but it's very different. Um, And I realized that like I, just as much as I, just as I actively decided to close myself off, I was going to have to actively choose to open myself back up. And the first step for me in doing that was recognizing that I had a fear. I had a fear of being soft and having like an open heart. And I wanted to give a, I still wanted to give off the impression of being this like cold, independent, woman who like doesn't take anybody's shit um but yet I thought somehow you know I thought that that would like attract anybody to me like no 
And again, I'm not saying you can't be independent and be in love. I am going to be independent and in love. Um, but okay. Anyway, um, I essentially like when you have, when you are embodying that coldness, I mean, that energy is palpable. You are sending out signals left and right that say, do not come near me, unavailable, turn around, walk away, mayday, mayday, caution, caution, you know? Um, so I had to come to terms with that. And for me, that meant, okay, why am I afraid of love? And why am I afraid of embodying, you know, this, like the softer side of me? And the biggest one that came up was definitely loss of autonomy, like loss of being, of being my own independent person. I for sure 100% lost that in my last relationship and that is my own fault. I made that that decision conscious or unconscious, but I love myself now so much and I love my company so much and I love being in charge of my own day and my own time and not having to compromise. I love that all so much. I'm not going to lie. Like I love it. So there is a very, very big fear in losing that and When I'm in love, especially in the beginning, I just want to do whatever to make the other person happy. And I very quickly find myself in this situation where in order to make that other person happy, I, at least in the past, I am willing to forego like my needs and my wants. And I don't want that to happen. I do not want that to happen ever again. Ever again. This is me manifesting. That will never happen again. (laughs) Um, I also fear that being in a relationship will mean that I kind of take my foot off the pedal when it comes to creating a life that like creating the life of my dreams, even though, like I said earlier, I don't really know where my dreams are taking me in this particular moment, but I don't want to settle. I do not want to settle. And that was another big thing in my last relationship was, you know, he was ready to settle down and get married and buy a house and like just settle into the the all-American life, which is beautiful. Um, but I'm not sure that that's, that's what I want. You know, I don't know if I want to settle in one place. Um, I want to be free and I want to roam and I want to be in a relationship that allows that, that doesn't make me feel stuck. But I think that's very hard to find. That's not to say that's not going to happen for me because it is, but I, I'm a, I have a fear of settling into this situation where I fall in love with somebody and he wants to do the same thing. You know, he wants to just get married and start having kids and you know, my ex used to say, like, he wanted to wait into to travel until he was retired. And I'm like, what? Anyway, that's in the past. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, not, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think, you know, th- that's just preference. And it's okay to have preference. Yeah, I just fear settling. I fear settling. I fear meeting somebody and loving them enough when really what I want is like that very like passionate full body 
love. I really do. I want the fairy tale romance, and that's been really hard for me to admit to as well. Because I don't know that I've had like the best examples of like flourishing relationships in my life. But that's okay, I've learned. I maybe one of my purposes here is to be that example. Um, and just because I haven't seen it personally doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it's okay to want, yeah, like I said, the fairy tale, the, the can't sleep. What is it? Can't sleep, can't. Oh, I don't know. It's from It Takes Two. Can't eat, can't breathe. Oh, I have to look it up because it's such a cute quote. Hold on. Okay, it's can't eat, can't sleep, reach for the stars, over the fence, world series kind of love. I have loved that quote since I was a little girl and that was my favorite movie. I love it now and I am deserving of that type of love and it, it is going to find me. And then... There is also just this fear of literally opening up to somebody and being vulnerable with them. I have this very deep, 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 deep longing to be fully seen and understood. I want that more than anything. I, I truly, like, that is one of, like, the, my biggest goals in life is to feel really understood. But in order to be very understood... And to feel truly seen, you have to be vulnerable. You have to essentially stand naked in front of but in front of somebody and say, "Here I am. Take me or leave me." Knowing that "leave me" is an option they may choose, and that's scary. I think it's also scary because I don't know if I've ever done it before. I don't think I did it with my ex. I really don't. I think we had things happen very early in to our relationship that made it clear that I couldn't trust him. And so I don't think I ever fully, I didn't give 100% of myself to him. I always kept like 5% back and kept it hidden, to, hidden just for myself. And I don't want that. I want to give it away. I want to give, I want to put myself, so to speak, on this metaphorical platter and say, here I am. Love me. Um, yeah, that's, that is what I want. The past few weeks have just been me like working through admitting that and finding a way to prepare myself to experience that. So really what that's looked like is, I mean, I'm saying a lot of affirmations again, um, which are, what are some ones I've been saying? Oh, I am surrounded by love. I am love. Um, and then, oh, you know what else I did? I created a list of what my ideal relationship would look like, what my ideal partner would, like what that, yeah, I was going to say look like, but I don't mean like physically. I didn't put anything physical. Just like what that partner, what value they would bring to my life, I guess. Um, or the traits, the traits of my ideal partner. I wrote all of that down and I was very honest with myself. You know, like one thing that I don't think I've been honest with myself in the past is that I do want to be in a relationship where I feel, and I'm specifically this word, I, mean, I want to specifically feel <laughs> cherished. I want to feel, you know, protected and I want to feel taken care of. 
which another side, whole other side story I won't go into, but I have, because of that, I have been guided to learn more about like the divine feminine and the divine masculine, which are energies that we both, that we all have, um, but we're, you know, predominantly one for the most part. Um, and we can get out of balance when our partner or when we've had experiences that have like forced us to be like put up protective walls how do i best describe this i'm very new on learning this so i identify like i am a mostly feminine energy but i have had things happen in my life that as a defense mechanism has kind of forced me into masculine energies and i've realized that that's not like my natural calling no that's not like my natural state that's not my natural state again though throughout the day you will go in between these um different energies i'm trying not to like get too far into it because i do think i want to do a whole episode on this if you're interested let me know though i don't know if this is like too woo woo so definitely let me know um but yeah i do have a desire for that sort of relationship um where I feel like I can count on somebody, you know, I think I have been that person and I don't mind being that person, you know, for periods of time, but I just don't think I have it in me to consistently be that person. Like, I I don't know. And maybe it's just that I need somebody who can at least, you know, provide me that stability, that security, that safety 50% of the time. You look Okay, it's 2020. I'm very progr- I'm, wow. It's 2021. I'm very progressive, you know. Um, but I can't be like shouldering the masculine energy in in a relationship. I just I can't I can't do it. And so that's been something that I've been learning a lot more about. And yeah, I really just wanted to share this, you know, what I've been working through and what I've been thinking and what I've been processing because A, it's very therapeutic for me to not only like be working on it internally, but then to like put it out into the world and to really claim what it is that I'm working towards or what I'm calling in. But also because I think that there are people out there who, you know, (laughs) are really afraid of falling in love after a heartbreak. I've only loved this one person, my ex. I've only loved him. So I don't have a lot of context. I don't have a lot to compare it to. I am very scared. But I realized that um, by telling myself for so long that like, oh, I'm not ready for a relationship or, oh, I don't want it, was me letting my fear control my life. And I'm not about that. I'm not about that. I am deserving of love. I am worthy of love. I'm a great partner. (laughs) These are all like all the affirmations I say to myself. Uh, but yeah, if you feel similarly, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to still be hurt and processing. But don't don't cut yourself off. I wish I wouldn't have cut myself off. Um, but you know, we live and we learn. That was my defensive mechanism at the time. I don't think I'll do that again. I just want to be like this soft woodland fairy. this is the energy I want to give off who just like loves everybody openly freely without expectations spreads joy and positivity 
and just is not afraid of feeling a full range of emotion. So yes, it's about calling in love and a romantic partner, but a lot of it is really just like opening my heart to the world in general and to experience things in general and to fully feel life. Um, yeah, and that's really all I think I have. I didn't have, um, I don't really have like an ending note. Um, but if you guys have any tips for like, how do people date? How do people date? That's actually, let's end it on that. Please, for the love of God, please send me, how do I date? Do you have single guy friends um, in the Southern California area who might be interested? This is, <laughs> this is my plug. I'm just kidding. No, well, am I? Um, no, but really, like, if you have dating advice, please let me know. I, 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 I've only dated one person. Um, I have a really big fear that I've forgotten how to kiss. I'm really scared about that. Um, don't understand how people just like go on dates. You just like go on a date and you just, you just walk up to somebody at a restaurant or like you meet up with your date at the restaurant and you're like, oh, hey, nice. No. Oh my God. Okay. I obviously still have a lot of work to, um, I have a lot of things I have to overcome still, but I'm going to get there. Send me your tips. Would love to know about your guys' experience with love in general. Are you guys in love right now? Who's in love? Who's in love and in a relationship? Who's single, ready to mingle? Who is single and not ready to mingle? Let me know. Would love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think about this style of um, episode where it's more just me kind of sharing with where I'm at versus me giving you tangible steps and tips and tricks. Let me know. Please let me know. Um, And that's really all I have. I will see you guys next week. Let me know if you'd rather have a video about purpose and like fame maybe, or if you'd rather have one about like divine masculine and divine feminine, which is something I've been researching recently. Um, Okay. Uh, Love you guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. If so, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review. This helps the podcast gain traction, which in turn helps us spread our mission of purpose and authenticity. Not to mention just how much it would light me up inside. Thank you so much and I will be back soon with another episode. Bye friends!